Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, turn in your Bibles. You're very close to the book of Joshua. Right at the front of the Old Testament, Joshua. Moses dies. Moses dies. And God comes to Joshua, who's been a co-leader, really a servant of Moses for 40 years. And look what it says in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses... My servant is dead. If you think back to the days before you came to Jesus, there were many times when you felt all alone, that the circumstances of your life felt like they were going to overwhelm you. Even sometimes as a follower of Christ, the insanity of daily life can get you to feel that way, right? It happens to almost every believer, so you shouldn't feel condemned by that. But Pastor Mark wants to share some good news with you. You don't have to be alone as you struggle with life. He's going to be introducing you to God, the Holy Spirit, and will be teaching you what this person of the Trinity can do in you and through you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Mark chapter 1 as he continues his series called Led by the Holy Spirit. Let us hear your lessons So man was created by God, Elohim, plural. Let us, plural, in our image. So the plural is consistent with something called the Trinity. Just write this down. God is a Trinity. It's God the Father. It's God the Son. And it's God the Holy Spirit. Now, you can't understand that. I can't understand that either. But that is the truth. The Trinity, you won't find the word in the Bible, but you will find it all through the Bible. We just saw it there. In the beginning, God is one, but he's actually three persons in one. We can't comprehend that any more than we can comprehend. When Jesus came to earth, he was fully God and fully man. But we just take it as a truth. In fact, look at this. This is the great commission for all of us to go into the world. Look at this verse in Matthew. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing the name of, here, let's say, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're Catholic, you're like used to that, aren't you? Exactly. But sometimes we don't even know what that meant. It's the Trinity. It's God, singular, and yet three individual persons. Here's a screenshot that kind of gives you a picture of what that looks like. Now, let's just start with God right in the middle and then go up. God is Father. Now, come down and go to the left side. God is Son. 
And now go to the other side. God is spirit. But watch as you go up there then, and you're going to say the spirit is not the father. And the father is not the son. And the son is not the spirit. So they're three in one. They're God. They work together in unity. They flow together. And that's what it's been in harmony since the very beginning. Now, there's some people that uh, false teaching about the Holy Spirit and God. Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons don't believe Jesus is God. Well, that's wrong. That's why they're cults. Now, from Genesis to Revelation, we discover a truth. And I want everybody to write this truth down because people don't understand it. Man was designed to do life with God. And as we do life with God, every one of those gods, that God, Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have relevance in our life. You were designed to do life with God, to be led by God. In the Old Testament, we're going to see God actually doing that, the Father. When we get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we'll see Jesus, the Son, God the Son. And when we get to the rest of the Bible, we'll see God the Holy Spirit leading them. Now, remember, Adam and Eve were created. There was only two people and God. And what God was saying was this. We are going to do life together. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and just say this. I was designed to do life with God. Come on. I was designed to do life with God. Now, here's a principle. That is not an event. That is a lifestyle. And you will never be able to do life successfully without a personal relationship with God. We're not into religion. God wasn't into religion. He didn't say to Adam and Eve, go over there to First Baptist. Go over there to Calvary. No, he said, we're going to do life together. It's a personal relationship with God. Now, when we try to do life without God, if I just decide to do my own thing, it always ends up with a disaster. And Adam and Eve did that. And that's why we have a sin nature today. You say, well, Pastor Mark, can you really prove to me that man can't do life on his own successfully? Well, of course I can. It comes from my brilliant mind. No, it comes from scripture. Look at the verse. If you've never written it down, you should write it down. Jeremiah 10, 23. I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It is not for man. It is impossible for man to direct his steps. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm doing pretty good. In the end, you will not be doing good. You will come to one dead end after another because, let's admit it, God knows things we don't know. You're not God. You're not supernatural. You're not all-knowing. You're not all-powerful. You're not everywhere at the same time. And you were never designed to do life without a relationship with God. Now we begin with God in the Old Testament. Again, God the Father is most in view. Here it is. Look at Genesis 12, 1. And the Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land, watch this, I will show you. I will lead you to a land. Now remember, Abram, Abraham, was a pagan when God came to him. He didn't know who God was, but he says, 
I'm going to lead you. We're going to do life together. And this is the beginning of the nation of Israel. And God says to him later, I'm going to bless you. And that blessing is going to go to the whole world. That's because Jesus Christ would be in that foundation of the Jewish people, starting with Abraham. Now, when you see that happen, basically, Abraham began to do life with God. How? By being led by God. He didn't know where they were going. He didn't know where the promised land was. God said, I will lead you. Now, was there ever any time where Abraham went, well, I'm going to lead myself over here and do something? Was there ever a time that he led himself? Yes, there was. Remember one time the famine came and he said to his wife, we're going down to Egypt. And he lied about his wife and they got in all kinds of trouble and they brought Hagar back and that's the Muslims. And that's why we have this great fighting all over the world. It was from that time. Now, don't make fun of Abraham. Anybody at one or two or three times just decided to lead yourself into some place. Let's all raise our hands. If not, come down to the altar right now. You're lying. I'll pray for you. We have an old sin nature that sometimes we just want to lead ourselves. Well, how does that work us? That's terrible. It doesn't work out no better than it did for Abraham. But as a, as a, as a matter of fact, Abraham did pretty good, not knowing God at all. Now, God the Father then came to somebody else named Moses. Moses had been raised in Pharaoh's castle under the DNA of that. And one day he, he decided to just take things in his own hand and he killed one of the Egyptians. He ran to the desert because he's afraid he was going to get killed. And God gave him 40 years to think about, how does it do doing your own thing? And it didn't do very well. But then God came and gave him a second chance. And he came to Moses and God then would take Moses and he would lead three million Jews. How did God lead? Well, sometimes it was fire by night and a cloud by day. And when they got up in the morning and the cloud would begin moving, what did the people do? Hey, Alma, pack it up. Here we go. And they were following God because Moses had taught them that. At night, if they need to move at night, what did they have? The fire by night. They just moved and they followed God. Now, as Moses did that, one day they were going to move, but Moses was puzzled because he said to God, God, you've been leading us all these years, but you haven't told us if you're going to go with us this time. Look what Moses had learned. Look at what he says. Then Moses said, God, if you don't personally go with us, I'll paraphrase it. We're not leaving this place. Why did he say that? Because he knew if God doesn't lead, he's a dead duck. He has no idea where to go. He's got three million people he's leading. So he finally realized that without God, I'm not going anywhere. Well, eventually God agreed and went with him. Now, when you see that, Again, that's that principle that I cannot direct my own life without leading, without following God, because God's all-knowing. Now, turn in your Bibles, you're very close to the book of Joshua, right at the front of the Old Testament, Joshua. Moses dies. Moses dies. And God comes to Joshua, who's been a co-leader, really a servant of Moses for 40 years. And look what it says in verse one. After the death of Moses, 
The servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now listen, my servant is dead. Now then you, Joshua, and all these people get ready to cross into the Jordan River, into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Now, if you're Joshua, what are you thinking? The first thing you're thinking is this. I'm not Moses. I'm a person that served under Moses. I've never led anybody. I can't do this. I'm limited. My name is Joshua. God said, no, you're going to compare yourself against Moses? No, I'm telling you, I'm going with you. So there's no boundaries. Just step out. It's not about you, Joshua. It's about me leading you. Understand that this morning. It's not about us. It's about God in us leading us. Look down, verse 5. Same chapter. Look at verse 5. Here's the promise God gives. It's a promise for you and me. No one will be able to stand up to you, Joshua, against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, as I was leading Moses, so I will be with you. So I will lead you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The same relationship God had personally with Moses and Abraham, he has with Joshua. That's the personal relationship you and I must have. Now, some of you here haven't become a Christian yet. See, it's time to realize you can't put God in your little box and you can't do life without God. That's the way things change in our life. Now, there was another time as the nations grew, the nation of Israel grew, they had enemies. And King Jehoshaphat was facing in Judah an enemy, and they were going to destroy the children of Israel. And King Jehoshaphat was overwhelmed. He was afraid. And look what he writes. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. Now, look at this statement he says to God. God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So what was he thinking? He looks out and he sees the enemy. Picture the enemy this morning, a difficulty in your life, physical, spiritual, maybe in a marriage, a work issue. And you're going to see in a moment, God's going to say, Just exactly, he's going to answer this prayer. King Jehoshaphat says, God, as I look at my problem, there's the enemy. I don't know what to do. But my eyes are on you. What's he asking? God, lead me. Some of you are facing a problem. Watch the promise and the answer to prayer that comes. Now, after this prayer goes forward, he basically acknowledged, I can't do this, God. I'm the king. But I have no idea what to do. I need your help. Look at Second Chronicles 20. And all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. Well, wow, that's a great picture. See, their kids, 
their spouses were about to be killed. And the spiritual leader of the home, the father, stood up with them. And down, scoot down to verse 14. And the spirit of the Lord, who is that? Is that God the Father, God the Son, or? That's God the Spirit. There's a picture. Very seldom do you see God the Spirit in the Old Testament, but there were times that you saw him. It says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one man who was standing there. And look, he gives him a prophecy. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Well, why shouldn't I be afraid? Here's why. Don't be discouraged by this problem you're facing today. Whatever it is, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because of this. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle isn't yours, but it's God's. Tomorrow, march out against them because I will lead you. I want to say to you this morning, the problem that you're facing, take your eyes off it and put your eyes on God. I don't care what it is. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. The God that can do anything. See, when you want that, you don't want a God that fits in here. You want a God that can do anything. And it's supernatural. I got a great illustration for you. There's an Indian man that could never read. Wait till I tell you the story. I've met him. I've heard him speak. It's unbelievable. Don't put God in your teeny little box. He's able to do anything, anything, nothing impossible with God. Now, how many times do you think you and I will say, God, (laughs) I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. There's going to be lots of times in this world, we have trouble. You're going to face things you can't solve. But you're not doing it alone. Because God is with us. It's his battle. And he promises to bring us through. Amen. Now, when you come to the New Testament, Jesus is view mostly, the son. And remember, he came to this earth. And turn with me to Mark, New Testament. New Testament, Matthew, Mark. It's a good Bible name. It's a great name. That wasn't pride. That's just a statement of fact. That's all. (laughs) Mark chapter 1. Scoot on down to verse 9. Now remember, Jesus was 30 years old when he began his ministry. He didn't start ministry until he was 30. Look what he does at verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized in water by John, John the Baptist, in the Jordan. And as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending upon him, on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love with you. I am well pleased. If you've never written in your Bible at that passage, Just on the side, just write this, the Trinity. That is a picture, there's numbers of them in the New Testament, of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all together, 
They're celebrating Jesus, who as a man is being baptized, not because he had sin, not because he was saved, because he was born of the Spirit. He was doing it to give you, a believer, all of us as a believer, a role model to be baptized and declare that we're followers of Christ. So that's a perfect picture. The Father speaking, the Son's there, and the Spirit comes on him. It was proof that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, while Jesus was on the earth, he was doing life with God the Father and being led by the Holy Spirit. Right after being filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus was led into the wilderness for a time of testing. Look at verse 4. Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was, let's read it together, led by the Spirit into the desert. Now, why was that happening? Because when Jesus came to the earth, he was fully man and fully God. He didn't need, if he was going to use his divine nature, he didn't need to be led by God. He was God, but he set his divine attributes aside and he lived those 33 years as a man, listen, led and empowered by the spirit. Now, why did he do that? To show us how we could do it. You see, if Jesus lived here as God, well, we can't relate to that. We're not God. We're not perfect. I need to be led. So Jesus is doing that as an example for you and for me. This is how to do life. You must be led by the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. And this is a picture. And we'll give you many of those illustrations as we go through the scripture. Every Christian needs to be led by the Spirit. Romans 8, 14, as we told you, that's our thing. Now, turn with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 16. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. As Jesus began his ministry, one of his roles was to take some disciples. We would call them, as you'll see in a moment, apostles. And he would reproduce as much as possible his life in them. Because he knew they didn't get it yet. He was going to die and go to heaven. He was going to pay for the sins of the world. And he wanted to reproduce himself. And he would show them that he was only doing what the father told me to do. He was, had a relationship with his father and he was being led by the spirit of God. You just saw that. So he's duplicating himself in these people. Well, right here in the passage you've turned in verse 16 is the beginning of choosing these 12. Look at verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said. I'll make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he got a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark continued his recounting of the Holy Spirit's acting through regular men using some of the biblical accounts. He reminded you that the Bible says that all Christ followers are to be led, directed in their actions, by the Holy Spirit. He showed using the scriptures that this was God's original intention for how you were to live in the first place. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his instruction on how you can be led by the Holy Spirit. He will mention a few men in the Old Testament who God, the Holy Spirit, empowered to carry out the tasks that God had told them to do. You'll be shown how these seemingly distant and unrelated stories apply to your very different lifestyle in regards to having God work in your life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team, your lessons for living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving